we're going live on Facebook for this Lunch and Learn. Welcome to the Rich and Relationship Friday 1230 Lunch and Learn. This Lunch and Learn was originally reserved for divorce professionals, but I have come to realize from the people who have signed up for it that it has value for everyone. So like, why just give it to those professionals? Like when I, everyone could benefit from it. This is not a seltzer commercial. All right, so we're talking about separating the emotional from the material today. And the question is, why would you care about that? Think about it. When you have a fight with your loved one or in divorce, what people fight about, they tend to fight about the material. So I'm gonna to go to the divorce example first, and then I'm gonna to go to the marriage example second. We're gonna delineate from what goes on with for people who are under high conflict to people who are under maybe less high conflict. And the idea here is that the principles of one carry over to the other. So in the field of divorce, it is not unheard of. In fact, it is even normal for people to be willing to go all out for a piece of furniture. And what I mean by all out is they want that piece of stickly furniture that, that their grandfather gave them and it's worth maybe uh, 500 bucks, but they're willing to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars with their attorney to fight for that piece of furniture. That's a really minute example. In a marriage, uh, it might be a fight over whether you can have something that you want. Uh, I really want a new car, and you fight over that new car, but even though you may not have the money for it or the budget for it, or it might be a home improvement, or it might be a vacation. I really want to go on a vacation, and we can't afford it, and you have a huge fight over it. What are people really fighting about here? In the marital example, it's crystal clear that it's about what the furniture represents. And in the divorce, excuse me, in the divorce example, it's crystal clear that it's about what that piece of stickly furniture represents. And in the marital example, it's actually the same thing. Very often we get into fights about the material, uh, material being vacations, a piece of furniture, um, wanting something in our life that, that we don't have, wanting to keep something that we, that we maybe don't have the money for. We get into these kinds of fights because there's an emotional investment in something. Is it the piece of furniture? Not really. So in the divorce example, it's a, the piece of furniture has value because it was your grandfather's. In the marital example, if you're talking about a vacation, it might mean that you just need a rest, or it could be deeper than that. It could be, well, Tom and Susie went to Jamaica and so we should too. Or it might be even deeper than that. It might be my parents had a, not a great marriage and they went to Jamaica and everything was better. And underneath that, what is that message? The message is our marriage is going through some troubles and I'm hoping that by going to Jamaica, our marriage is going to be better. It can be whatever we attach to it. The material can be whatever we attach to it. Because let's face it, a trip to Jamaica is a trip to Jamaica and a piece of stickly furniture is a piece of stickly furniture. All right, so we've laid the groundwork here, right? It's all clear. There's the material and there's the emotional. And very often, the emotional and the material get intertwined. Why is that? Partially, it's because we are not always clear about what we want emotionally 
or what our attachment even is. As human beings, we operate on the symbolic plane. What does that mean? It means that we abstract from reality ideas and work with them internally. It's something actually that only we do. Animals don't do this. They see what they see. We see something and it has other meaning for us. It's part of how our brains are so different from everything else in creation. It's what gives us the ability to create, right? We don't just duplicate, but we create new things from what's existing because we're able to abstract and reorganize and bring, and something new can emerge from it. It's a gift. We have this gift as human beings. It's also a weakness for us because when we deal in the world of the abstract, our emotions can very much be in that world of the abstract. And we don't realize that we've attached emotions to an abstract concept. And so that abstraction, or it might be a material thing that comes to represent something to us, emotional, that, that we don't, we're unaware that we've made that transference of emotion to that object or that trip or that thing. And so when people are getting divorced, they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars fighting over things that are not worth what they're fighting over. Or when people are married, they tank their marriage, spending money where they shouldn't, or they tank their marriage holding on to things that they shouldn't. One person might be a hoarder. Maybe a person keeps a lot of objects in the house and they keep things to them. The other person may be kind of a neat freak. And that tension between the person who wants order and the person who's a hoarder, I like the way it rhymes, could be a rap song. I liked order and I married a hoarder. No, I'm not a rapper, I'm not gonna do that. The tension between those two drives can rip that marriage apart if it isn't recognized and addressed. And the good news is it can be addressed. It can be addressed because we are not such simple creatures. We are able to abstract and see how both sides can win. We are able to see a way through. So that's the beauty of working with abstraction is that we have vision. We, we see possibility and we can shift and change towards it. But the downside is when we get emotionally attached and we don't recognize the emotional attachment, we could be like pit bulls, just jaws clamped down on that. All right, so how do we separate the emotional and the material? The simplest explanation would be that we're gonna inventory, right? We're gonna inventory the material and we're gonna inventory the emotional. Well, that sounds so simple. Except that remember, very often our emotions have become entwined with the abstract or with objects in an abstract way that's unconscious. You see, we are 80 or 90% unconscious mind. The part of me that's talking to you now is my ego, my conscious mind. And then underneath it is this whole conglomerate of feelings and beliefs and attachments and thoughts that were developed when I was a child and maybe when I was an adolescent and have been fed into over years and years and years. And very often when we develop emotional attachments, it happens on that level. So as much as I'd like to tell you, oh, just go out and write down your feelings about things and go write down, make a list of objects and how you feel about them, that's not gonna give you all of it. It requires an exploration and a delving into 
our unconscious minds to really understand what this emotional attachment to physical objects or to physical outcomes is. So how do we do this? Out of the corporate world comes the concept of the five whys. Excuse me, I'm a little dry. The five whys are actually um, a Toyota efficiency set of questions. Um, it comes out of uh, it comes out of the whole drive to have continuous improvement. The whole they call it kaizen, continuous improvement. And the five whys are in the corporate world are meant to help us get to the root of something. And they apply to the emotional realm also, but let's stick with, let's stick with, with um, production. So in, the, in a, an automobile production line, things are arranged a certain way and the vehicle's assembled in a certain way. And in order to improve that, or if there's a breakdown in some, at some point, if, there, if we're seeing in the production of an automobile that very consistently, the left front driver's tire is not attached properly. We wanna understand why that is to improve it. I'm picking a really simple example here. And so in the Toyota system, in Kaizen, if we ask why, okay, the tire's not attached properly, why? Well, because Kansetsu uh, is not attaching them properly. Well, if you stuck with the first Y, we'd say replace Konsetsu. I'm making up a name, Konsetsu. But let's say you replace Konsetsu, you fire him and you bring in Tony, and still the tire isn't attached right. All right, so why? It's not Konsetsu, it's not Tony, why? There's something about the way that they're attaching that tire that's making it not as well mounted as the other tires. It has to do with the hydraulic, the hydraulic bolt driver. Why? Why is the hydraulic bolt driver not attaching it properly? It must be the hydraulic, if you stop there, the second why, you get rid of the hydraulic bolt driver and guess what? it's still not going on properly. So you need to ask why again. Why is the hydraulic bolt driver not going on properly? Oh, well, it's because the compressor that runs it is not delivering adequate pressure. So if you stopped there, that's the third why. If you stop there, you'd say, okay, let's replace the compressor. And you replace the compressor and it's still a problem. And so you ask why again, fourth why. And when you've replaced the the drill, you've replaced the compressor, what's left? Oh, well, there's the hose that goes in between it. And so you replace the hose and still there's a problem. So oh, wait a minute, we replaced Konsetsu with Tony and it wasn't the person. We replaced the drill with a new drill and it wasn't the drill. We replaced the compressor and it still didn't work. We replaced the hose and it still didn't work. So you ask why again, and you look at the whole setup and you notice that the, the cable going to the compressor is six feet longer 
on that side than any of the others because that has to do with the way the 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 building was structured they could only install it that way and so the answer is that the compressor and the hose together don't provide enough pressure because it's six feet further than the other one so you either need to increase you need to probably increase the pressure on the compressor or you need to find a way to get it closer it took five y's to get to that so the theory is that the first y is never going to reveal the answer because we always go to the easiest answer and the easiest answer isn't always the right one this also applies to our attachment to the material how capable are we of answering the five whys honestly and applying them well it's kind of like my favorite metaphor is that we're all living inside of a box and the instructions on how to get outside of the box are on the outside and only someone else can read them the only people the only way that I've seen this really work is when there's a third party involved because the third party can identify emotionally right in the in the in the Toyota example you're talking something about physical but when you're talking about feelings it's a lot more it's a lot easier to be slippery especially when we're talking about the unconscious mind so a third party usually does best in helping us identify the underlying why of why is that piece of stickly furniture so important and talking us through it and really getting to the bottom of it it usually requires uh, a, a very well-trained attorney or a therapist or a, or a well-trained coach, somebody who's really grounded in this to help us get to the bottom. However, a good friend who knows us can walk us through it as well if they understand the concept of the five whys. Or our spouse even could if they're not too emotionally invested in the outcome. So in the, let's go back to the, uh, the hoarder and the order lover. If the order lover is absolutely positioned about order is the only way to live and not willing to allow the hoarder to collect something, then they're not going to be able to get to the five whys with the hoarder because they're all, they have an agenda. The key thing is that the person who's asking the questions, their only agenda can be to reveal the truth. And through this process, we begin to separate the emotional from the material. Through this process, we start to understand why it is we're so attached to our particular house. You know, my house just had a fire in it. And so I'm in a completely different home and it's been traumatic for my family. As you might imagine, the fire wasn't traumatic. It was actually a relatively small wheel, got out safely and well, but it's, it's being separated from the home. We have a lot of, and it's during COVID-19, it's safety for us. We have a lot of emotional connection to the idea of safety with that home. But for us to really understand it, we'd really need to do the five whys. And because it's our home, there's gonna be a lot there. It isn't just gonna be, oh, it's, safe it's that my whole my systems are, are attached to that place the way that i do things and in all likelihood it's going to take a relatively objective person to help do that because anyone else who's attached to the house has got their stuff and their agenda are you getting this i think you are so separating the material from the emotional is really key in our marriages because when we look at the things we fight about we often find that they're not about the things they're about the feelings underneath it. And when negotiating a divorce, I, I often say that the skills that we need to negotiate a divorce are the same skills we need to negotiate a marriage. How can you apply this to your life? Well, the starting point as a couple, if you're a couple together, 
would be to have a conversation about, hey, I just saw this lunch and learn on the, on, I was going to say the five whys, but it really isn't about the five whys, it's about separating the material from the emotional. And I want to talk to you about it and start to share some of the ideas. And then maybe talk about some of the things that you're fighting about. If you're fighting about a car or a trip or some of the things I mentioned or whatever, sit down and maybe both of you sit down and just write a list of what that means to you. What does it represent to you? Just like a house clearly represents safety and sanctuary. Um, you know, what is, the, what is the thing that you're fighting about right, uh, mean to you? And so write that, make a, make a list. And then get really clear about what your positions are. And then be willing to set those positions aside and talk about, do the five whys on each thing with each other. And be really honest about it, short of the position. Because what's going to come out is you're going to find out that just like we, my family, finds safety and security in another structure, even though we're not at our home, just like we have managed to keep our lives moving and meet our obligations in another home, you can also separate your feelings from the, ob from the object. Right? For us, we, had, we separated a lot of our feelings about our home from the object, and now we're renegotiating those feelings and how to fulfill them. The feelings don't have to be attached to the object or stay permanently attached to it. You can do that too. And if you want some help with it, reach out to me at, at richinrelationship.com. Shoot me an email and I'll send you some suggestions back. Comment on this video if you see it on Facebook or you see it on other other social media and uh, direct message me, reach out to me and I'm happy to help you. If you're an attorney and you're not sure how to master this and you want someone to help, this is one of the things I do as a divorce coach is I sit down and I help people to separate their emotions from the material so that the divorce is less activated and easier for the attorney to work with. Like contrary to popular belief, attorneys do not like big fight divorces. They like to have relatively smooth sailing. They don't think about making lots of money having the divorce go for three years they'd much rather settle the case in a year and have everyone be happy and get a referral source so they can get more clients so you know, if you're an attorney and you're looking to have your cases settled faster reach out to me and let's talk about how we can work together thank you so much and have an awesome awesome day